0: Hey everyone, I'm Phil Albertelli, and this is The Week in Doubt, episode 262. Before we start, I'd like to give a shout-out to Sohan D'Souza and the Secular Society of MIT, yes, that MIT, the one and only Massachusetts Institute of Technology, for adding a link to the show on the organization's website. I'm very honored. Thanks, guys. Sohan was telling me that they have some big events coming up, so if you want to check out their website, go to ssomit.mit.edu. Once again, thank you very much to Sohan and the Secular Society of MIT. I know it's just a link on their resources page, but still probably the closest I'll ever get to attending or being affiliated with MIT. (laughs) But All right, before I move on to the main topic of today's episode— I want to quickly cover a story regarding former Alabama state judge and Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore. I couldn't resist. We all know how the news has been inundated with sexual assault stories in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Well, one of the most recent stories involves Ray Moore. I think he's now about 70, and back when he was in his early 30s, he supposedly molested or sexually assaulted a 14-year-old girl. And then others came forward with similar accusations. One of his supporters came forward and tried to defend Moore's behavior by pointing to biblical examples involving underage girls. I'll read a bit from this HuffPost article. While most Senate Republicans immediately distanced themselves from Moore, maintaining that he ought to withdraw from the race if the allegations are true, GOP officials in Alabama stood by the prominent Ten Commandments advocate, He's clean as a hound's tooth, Alabama State Auditor Jim Ziegler said in an interview with the Washington Examiner. Before invoking the Bible to defend more, Zachariah and Elizabeth, for instance, Zachariah was extremely old to marry Elizabeth, and they became the parents of John the Baptist, Ziegler said. Also, take Joseph and Mary. Mary was a teenager, and Joseph was an adult carpenter. They became parents of Jesus. Well, it is true that if Mary actually existed based on social norms at the time, she probably would have been in her mid-teens when she was married. But we know a lot more about how children physically and psychologically mature now, and 14 is just a kid. They used to stone people to death 2,000 years ago in that same part of the world, too. I don't think we should necessarily be borrowing our social norms from first-century Palestine. The article continues, Alabama State Representative Ed Henry went even further, questioning the timing of the allegations and suggesting that, if true, the accusers should be prosecuted for not coming forward sooner. And here's a quote, if they believe, should I do the accent again? If they believe this man is predatory, they are guilty of allowing him to exist for 40 years, he told the Cullman Times. I think someone should prosecute and go after them. You can't be a victim 40 years later, in my opinion. Well, that's reprehensible. Yeah, it would have been nice if they came forward sooner, but it's fairly common for victims to bury what they've been through for years or even decades. So if these accusations are indeed true, this guy is basically demonizing the victims. Uh, Nasty stuff, man. And I get why some cynical people might be suspicious of the timing, but I think seeing other victims come forward often emboldens people to come forward with their own stories. And we've just been seeing a deluge of sexual assault stories in the media lately. And so to reiterate, I think there's this real momentum that's been building And people are being inspired by seeing others come forward to say, okay, now's the time to tell my story too about what happened to me. Okay, but on to the meat of the show, so to speak. Friend and listener Jody Mack recently said via the Week in Doubt Facebook page, would love it if you'd talk about your favorite YouTube channels and what you like about them sometime. And if I wasn't a skeptic, I'd be tempted to call this synchronicity, because as I told Jody, I had recently been thinking about a couple of episodes I'd done in the past in that same vein. So let's do it, my favorite YouTubers. And this list is in no particular order, but I may try to get the more conventional, shall we say, atheist YouTubers out of the way first. So I'll start with Aaron Raw. I've been aware of Aaron Ra for years, but I didn't really start watching his YouTube videos until recently. And many of you are probably aware of Aaron Ra. Is it Aaron or Aaron? I forget big Texan, looks kind of like a cross between a Hell's Angel and a Klingon. And yes, I know he was technically born in Arizona. Don't give me things to correct next week. Uh, but uh, but Aaron Ra is a really high-profile atheist. He's friends with Matt Dillahunty and Seth Andrews, the host of the Thinking Atheist podcast. And the three of them have toured together as the unholy Trinity. I especially like Aaron's videos where he refutes or debunks claims made by creationists, and I think his background in paleontology makes him very well suited for the task. I've compiled a lot of those videos into a playlist simply entitled Aaron Ra on the Weekend Out YouTube channel. I think they're very informative and very devastating to the arguments made by the other side. He does a great job of using hard science to shine the light of reason on creationism, exposing it for what it is. Now, I wouldn't really consider Aaron Ra controversial, other than the fact that sadly merely being an atheist still seems to be considered controversial by many. But he did say one thing a while back that drew some heat from some in the quote-unquote atheist community. I believe to some degree he was caught up in that whole free thought blog slash atheism plus thing back in the day. And once at a conference or some such, he publicly stated, if you're not a feminist, you're a sexist. And many anti-PC, political correctness, not personal computer, uh, type atheists, probably didn't need to clarify that, didn't take too kindly to this. And I myself found it somewhat troubling. I'm someone that fully embraces feminist values in a sense. I wholeheartedly and deeply believe in equal respect, equal rights, and equal opportunity for women. Sad that in the year 2017, this even has to be said. But I stopped short of calling myself a feminist, I think for a couple of reasons. For one thing, I think I'm just a little wary of labels in general, And secondly, I think the term feminist can come along with a lot of excess baggage nowadays. It should be something that's very easily defined and that we can all agree on. As the dictionary states, the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. And I think we can all probably get behind that definition. But unfortunately, nowadays it seems you have to first clarify what you mean by feminist. Second wave, third wave, an I and her C.L. Lee type feminist who seeks to end violence and oppression, against women, or an overly politically correct Anita Sarkeesian-type feminist who complains about butts in video games, pushes third-wave Orwellian newspeak, and sees misogyny everywhere she looks. So to reiterate, I fully embrace classic, I guess for lack of a better word, feminist principles. But due to all the excess baggage and the loaded nature of the term, I fall short of actually labeling myself a feminist. Let's see how that goes over. I have a feeling this is one of those sensitive topics where I'm probably going to end up catching flack from both sides. Eh, what can you do? I'm trying to be honest at least. But I think that's it for Aaron Raw. Let's move on to the next one. I guess next I'll jump to Essence of Thought. I really love Essence of Thought, and I've been a fan of their channel for at least a couple of years now, and I think I may have actually mentioned them in a previous list of my favorite YouTubers. I can't remember if they identify as gender-fluid or non-binary, but I believe they go both by the names Peter and Ethel. Peter Ethel Thurston, to be precise. Somewhat androgynous-looking, long straight hair, probably about as long as mine used to be back in the day. A very intelligent, very well-spoken young person, still attending university, I think. And despite their interest in gay, trans, and gender issues, their channel is mostly dedicated to taking on religion, including Islam, which I find rather refreshing, given how many atheists have steered clear of Islam or approached it with kid gloves out of fear of looking bigoted or politically incorrect. I'm looking at you, Steve Shives. Great channel, though. Essence of Thought, not Steve Shives. You should definitely check it out. Once again, Essence of Thought, not Steve Shives. Let's see, who's next? Ah, Noel Plum. I absolutely love Noel Plum as well. I think his real name is Jim, a British fireman, I believe, and maybe I feel some kind of kinship with him on that count. Although I have a degree in design, I somehow find myself still stuck in the family construction business swinging a hammer for a living, so I can relate to the blue-collar atheist kind of thing. I think Jim's father was a free thinker, a skeptic, too, and that might be in part how his interest in such things first blossomed. What I love about him is that he's a very plain-spoken, commonsensical, salt-of-the-earth kind of guy who tells it like it is, and at the same time highly intelligent, witty, and insightful. Uh, I highly recommend Noel Plum. I also love his presentation. I think his videos are largely unscripted, and yet he speaks very well extemporaneously. And usually, uh, I don't notice any jump cuts that I recall. If I ever do eventually start showing my face more, I'd like to kind of model my approach or presentation after his own. So next, yes, I'm still a fan of the amazing atheist, although he now prefers to simply go by his real name, T.J. Kirk bombastic, in-your-face, vulgar, obscene. Sure, and that's part of why I like him. But under all that, he's a genuinely thoughtful, intelligent, and insightful human being. And I also still watch The Drunken Peasants, the podcast he does with his friends and his brother, a funny irreverent show, and they've been bringing on new co-hosts lately, a couple of whom are actually on my list, So I might as well use that as a segue and jump to one of them. All right, so Jeff Holliday. As I mentioned, he sometimes fills in as a co-host on The Drunken Peasants, and I'd probably say that he's one of the nicest guys on YouTube. He has an irreverent sense of humor, but he also has a very friendly and caring disposition or demeanor. Never met him in person, he just seems like a really, really nice guy. And I sometimes almost feel vicariously uneasy for Jeff because he seems to walk this kind of tightrope. On the one hand, he's associated with that whole Kekistan movement. I think he claims to be one of the creators of the movement, but I'm not sure how accurate that is. I'm pretty sure it grew out of 4chan culture. Kek, K-E-K, is essentially the equivalent of lol, laugh out loud. So in a way, it's this kind of irreverent meme culture. Kekistani culture really started becoming seen as controversial when it began to be associated in the mainstream media with the alt-right. Rightly and wrongly so, I'd say. In fairness, members of the alt-right did start to adopt aspects of Kekistani culture, Pepe the Frog, etc. But at the same time, there's a lot of people like Jeff Holliday who identify with the Kekistan movement and who are anti-PC culture, but who are not racist. Jeff actually speaks proudly about his bi- racial nieces and nephews and their father, his black brother-in-law, and he's caught flack repeatedly for criticizing so-called race realism and for questioning the whole race and IQ thing. He actually recently clashed with JF, Jean-Francois, I think it's Gary Eppie, on the drunken peasants over race, and it got pretty ugly for a bit. So there is that kind of tightrope walk he does, and you never know which side he's going to take flack from. His own side, his fellow shitlords and kekistanis for pairing too soft or PC, or the other side for not being PC enough. And I can actually kind of relate to that. Another YouTuber I really like is a so-called Wizard of Cause, a friend of Jeff Holidays, who also appears on The Drunken Peasant sometimes, and also co-hosts a Sunday night live show with Jeff entitled The YouTube Saints. Wizard of Cause did an episode on depression that I found particularly poignant and powerful. If you're someone who wrestles with depression or has an interest in the topic, you should definitely check it out. And I think Wizard of Cause lives in New Hampshire, so not that far away. Who knows if they ever do a meetup in the New England area? Maybe I'll check it out. So who next? Okay, here's another YouTuber I really love, Chris Raygun. Just unbelievably funny. I could be wrong, but I think he was actually a film student. If so, it definitely shows. His editing, etc., definitely enhances the comedic value of his videos. He has this kind of neurotic, self-deprecating shtick that he does, and uh, he almost reminds me of like a young Woody Allen or Larry David But uh, no, he's not a member of the tribe. I believe Chris is actually Puerto Rican. Uh, But yeah, his channel's a great source for reverent humor. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. So who else? Oh yeah, so I've been watching Philly D, aka Philip DeFranco, recently. Another Italian with the first name Phil. Although Philip DeFranco is technically an atheist, it's not an atheist channel. He's actually one of the biggest YouTubers around, and it's a pretty mainstream channel. He basically gives a brief, objective rundown of the news stories of the day, and then sprinkles a bit of his own opinion in as well. If you want a quick yet sincere and entertaining recap of the day's events, check out Philip DeFranco. Let's see, I'll do one more. And I feel funny thinking of this guy as a YouTuber, seeing as he's a respected psychology professor, but Jordan B. Peterson, and I know I have listeners slash viewers on both sides of the SJW versus anti-SJW divide, and those of you who are more liberal or progressive might be thinking, oh no, Phil, not Jordan B. Peterson. I think Peterson was respected in academic circles before gaining notoriety on YouTube, but his popularity really did just kind of explode almost overnight after after he caught the attention of people like Sargon of Akkad. He was in the media about a year or so ago for his stance against political correctness and speech policing, etc., on college campuses. But his stance on that stuff isn't what really interests me about him. In fact, at first, I was like, oh boy, another anti-quote-unquote SJW. How exciting. And I think the first time I mentioned him on the show, I was being pretty critical of his first performance or appearance on Sam Harris's podcast. And it wasn't until I heard him waxing philosophical about things like psychology and mythology that I actually took interest. I'm a big Joseph Campbell fan, and even though I'm a non-believer, I'm still really enamored or fascinated with religious and mythological symbolism and the transformative effect it can have on us psychologically, etc. Thusly, I really love Jordan Peterson's lectures. Some of the stuff he says is profoundly insightful, and if taken to heart, may just change your life for the better. Like how if your life's upside down and you know you need to work on yourself, start with uh, something simple like cleaning up your room. And stop doing little things that are making the hole you're in even deeper. It sounds like common sense, which in a way it is or should be, but uh, check out his lectures. And I guess I'll leave it there. So thanks for listening, everyone. You know the drill. Please like the Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter, check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're doing that now. You can subscribe to the show or rate it via iTunes. You can also subscribe via Podbean. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can use the PayPal widget at the bottom of the Podbean page, or you can uh, go to patreon.com slash doubt and help the show out monetarily for as little as 99 cents a month. All right, brothers and sisters, until next time.